The reading is taken from Isaiah, chapter 43, beginning at the 16th verse. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Right. Can you hear me? Somebody on the back sofa can hear me. That is always encouraging. Um, My name is Liz Ricketts and I'm one of the preaching team here. And this is our first service for, well, it's not our first service for 2022 because Tom and I have done a previous one, but I'm sure it's your first service for 2022. And I want to start by just asking you, as we go into 2022, how are you feeling? Can you put, can you think of one word that describes how you're feeling at the moment? And is anyone going to be brave enough to share it? How are you feeling? Ted, how are you feeling? apprehensive. Yep. I'm not going to run down to you because I'm not up to running at the moment, but Tish, yeah? Uncertain. Uncertain. Bob? Older. Older. That's how I'm feeling actually today. (laughs) Okay. Somebody right at the back, can you shout? Thankful. Good word. June? Hopeful. Okay, so we've got a mix of emotions here. Some of us are feeling anxious, um, and there may well be people at home who haven't come today because they're feeling anxious and are, are watching us online and joining in. So there's those who might be feeling anxious, those who are feeling we're starting this year with uncertainty again, And wasn't it all meant to be better by this time? And then there's also that thing of thankfulness and hopefulness as well. So I want you to just bear those in mind. We're going to pray. And we're going to just ask that God would speak to us however we are feeling today. 
so, Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can come together as your people in this place and thank you that you have brought us through Christmas, through the new year, and we are here to worship together. And Lord, we do pray for all those uh, different feelings and emotions that are whirling around inside us. Perhaps we're feeling weary, as well as uncertain about the future. Lord, would you come now and speak a new thing into our hearts, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, I expect you know that January is named after the Roman god Janus, who is the god of new beginnings. Now, January was the first month in the Roman calendar as well. And please don't ask me about the difference between the Julian calendar and the Gregorian calendar, because somebody did after the nine o'clock service, right? And I don't know. That's what Google is for. But Janus' uh, name comes from the Latin for a doorway. And he is often depicted as having two faces, one looking back to last year, one looking forward to the new year. Now, I mention all that not just um, because we're going to worship Janus this morning, we're not, or to prove that my O-level Latin wasn't wasted, Thank you, Mr. Melville, for getting me through O-level Latin. But because we are going to do a bit of that looking back and looking forward this morning. And we're going to use that wonderful passage from Isaiah 43 to do it. I want to start by looking at remembering. The Bible has an awful lot to say about remembering. I just looked at the concordance in the back of my Bible and I found that we are commanded, not just asked, but commanded to remember in so so many different things. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Remember your creator in the days of your youth and later, I would say. Remember the wonders that God has done. Remember to extol the Lord Remember Jesus Christ who was raised from the dead. Remember the poor. And this is a communion service, which is a whole service where we remember that Jesus died for us. He said, you need to remember, do this in remembrance of me. And God is also asked to remember us. Remember your people, Lord. Remember your covenant with us, Lord. Remember your mercy, Lord. And in this wonderful passage of Isaiah, the prophet reminds us of the God who saved his people from slavery, who brought them safely through the Red Sea, the mighty waters, he calls them, and defeated those enemies who were pursuing them. So there's remembrance in this passage as well. But then in the very next sentence, Isaiah says something startling. 
Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. So we seem to be told to to remember, but we also seem to be told to forget. So that's partly what we're looking at this morning. Well, I've already indicated that um, when we're asked to remember, we are usually asked to remember things about God. We are to remember his might, his majesty, his goodness, all that he's done for us. What God has done for me should be foundational to our faith. I wonder if you were asked after the service, what has God done for you? How easy it would be for you to answer. And whether all the things you mentioned would be things that God did decades ago or things that he did last week. Because is God still doing things for you? Remembering what God has done for us as individuals and as a church community and as the people of God should be a wonderful reminder of his faithfulness, his power, and it should encourage us and stabilize us in faith because we realize that he is the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he is working out his purposes through us. Just look at what he has already done. Remember and rejoice. So if that's what we should remember, what should we forget? And I think this is often linked with the process of confession and forgiveness. When we come to confess our sins, God asks us to remember them to acknowledge them and own them before him. And it may involve us naming something as sin for the first time and bringing it to him for forgiveness. But then he does an amazing thing. He both forgives our sins and cleanses us from them and then he forgets them and asks us to forget them too. In fact, if we'd read on in Isaiah 43, we would have got to these words. I am the one who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I remember your sins no more. I remember your sins no more. He blots out, he forgets those sins he has forgiven. He gives us a completely fresh start with him. Isn't that a cause of rejoicing today? That we can have that fresh start with him. Now, this week when I was preparing this sermon, there was a lot going on about Desmond Tutu um, because he died earlier this week. And this this process of remembering and forgiving was something that he was um, really keen on. For various reasons. When he started the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in South Africa to try and deal with some of that legacy of apartheid, he drew on this biblical understanding that without remembering and confronting and exposing the sins of the past, there could be no real forgiveness or healing. 
And he recognized, he and Nelson Mandela recognized that that nation needed that sort of healing if it was going to come together. Now, in the uh, obituaries I read and in the reviews I read this week, there was some feeling that that approach hadn't been entirely successful because it proved very painful for people and it wasn't entirely completed. But the alternative would have been unspoken anger and festering wounds. Two quotes from Desmond Tutu. Forgiving is not always forgetting. It's actually remembering. Remembering, but not using your right to hit back. It's a second chance of a new beginning. And the remembering part is particularly important if we don't want to repeat what has happened. And he also said this. Forgiveness says you are given another chance to make a new beginning. So remembering the goodness of God is important for our faith, but forgiveness and forgetting is also important if we are going to move on in our relationship with God. So back to Isaiah 43. This is what God says through Isaiah. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? There are unhealthy ways of dwelling on the past. Getting stuck in the past or um, perhaps pondering the past or hankering after the past. And those can stop us seeing what God is doing now. We can be looking the wrong way and miss, miss the new things that God has for us. And I am saying this as somebody, you know, that I am a historian by inclination. My instinct is always to go back at, to the past and look at the context rather than um, to embrace the new. So I need to hear this as well. I can easily forget that God is not just the God of the past. He's the God of the present and the future. And I don't know about you, but as I get older, I find it easier to dwell in the past and to look backwards than it is to look forwards. Here are those verses again from the message version of the Bible. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. God is our faithful rock from the past. And we have had to rely on him over the last two years. But he is also the God who makes all things new. The God of new beginnings. And don't miss out on that. Now, I have been particularly struck this Christmas 
by the sense of newness in all that happens around the birth of Jesus. How sudden and surprising and new it all is. God breaks into everyday lives in such a startling way. There's that young girl, Mary, embracing this new thing that was happening to her, trusting God with her future. There's those shepherds running to find a new baby that they thought would give them new hope. And there's those wise men traveling so far because they saw a new star in the sky. All of them were recognizing new things from God. When they saw them, they rejoiced in them. They wanted to be involved in this amazing new plan that God was unfolding. And I have a horrible suspicion that in those circumstances, my reaction might have been different. Perhaps I might have responded like this. What do you say, girl? You say you saw an angel, now you're pregnant. A likely story. A kid born in a stable is never going to amount to much. Or perhaps more damningly, the religious response. I have looked in the scriptures and I know that God would never send a Messiah in this way. Brothers and sisters, let's not miss what God is doing because we are looking the wrong way. In this passage from Isaiah, the prophet moves from remembering and forgetting to the importance of us seeing and following. We need to see the new things that God is doing and follow in the way across the desert that he is marking out. Look out for what I'm doing, says God. What can you see? Do you see the path I am making? Follow me in it. I will nourish you for the journey with water in the desert and streams in the wasteland. God is a God of transformation, watering the desert, and he's a God who's on the move, and he wants us to follow him. Now, when Isaiah first preached this, these words spoke to the people of Israel that about a promise that they would be taken back from their exile in Babylon to their homeland in Israel once again. And that happened. And we studied some of that return when we looked at Ezra and Nehemiah last term. God's deliverance was promised and it happened. But someone once said to me that these books of prophecy in the Old Testament is like getting to the top of a hill and realizing there's another set of hills beyond, and perhaps a further set on the far horizon. So in these chapters of Isaiah, he begins to speak of a greater deliverance to come, not just a deliverance for Israel, but for all the people of the earth who will be saved And he speaks of a servant sent by God whose suffering will achieve this. So these later chapters of Isaiah point 
to the Messiah, Jesus. And as Hebrews says, many of these prophets and people in the Old Testament had to live by faith. They only saw what God had promised from a distance, but they welcomed it. And what a privilege it is that we don't have to see God from a distance because we have Emmanuel, God with us. So I think God is saying something today about looking for new things, looking for the new things he is doing. And I wonder what new things you think God is doing amongst us here. Where are the new things that he is doing? Actually, I think I will grab the thing and come down because you might. I've got, I've got five that I've written down here and you might have some extras. So if I don't mention your, the one that you uh, think God is saying, I'll come and bring this and you can mention it. So here are some of the, my top five new things that I think God is doing in St. Paul's and St. Barbara's at the moment. So the first one I put down is Tom. I think Tom, he doesn't know I'm going to say this. Uh, I think Tom has shown a new anointing in, in the last few months. And I think God is doing something in Tom and through Tom to us. So that is, is my, one of the new things that I think I want to thank God for. My second one is the children's work. Ben, Bethany, Joe, so many others, um, and all that is happening in that, which is so encouraging. My third one was St. Barbara's. If any of you haven't managed to go to St. Barbara's, it is enormously encouraging what God is doing there. And looking back 12 months, couldn't have imagined that, that we would be at this point in St. Barbara's. So Daniel and St. Barbara's. Uh, that was three. Four new faces. New faces here that have come in the last year. Um, and that is very welcome and wonderful. And my final one was a new sense of God in our worship, which I think many of us have encountered over um, the last uh, few months. So those were my top five of things that God might be doing in here at the moment. Anyone like to add anything? Anything that you feel is important? Tish. Well, I think the whole sort of coffee and welcoming and the pop-up cafe yep. and so on, it's sort of a bit embryonic at the moment, but I feel that God, God is sort of working through it. Yep, absolutely. That. Anyone else got... Ooh got two here right. Sharon yeah I just get the sense that God is using the pandemic and the restrictions of that to help us to be more creative in reaching the people and uh, and I love the fact that we had a service in the car park I just yep. think wow more of that please yep 
Sheila. My husband's come to church. <laughs> Roy's come to church. And there are, have been many new, uh, well, Roy's not a new face, but many who have been coming back to church for various reasons. One more? Or are we all? Yep, okay. So, new things that God is doing. Right, we're going to do a little exercise, perhaps, of putting down the things of the past and embracing the new things that God is doing. So, would you like to stand up? You probably need to shuffle and stand up. And I'm going to ask you, um, those in the church, to turn round so that you're facing the back door. And if you're at home, I suggest you put down your um, breakfast and do this as well. So, as we look backwards, you might like to think of last year. However it was for you. So, Lord, we want to thank you for your faithfulness, that you were with us throughout 2021. You were with us in our families. You were with us as a church. We thank you that you were with us in the hard times and you got us through the hard times. And you might like to consider, is there anything that you are holding or carrying from last year that you want to give to God, that you don't want to carry into 2022? Lord, would you take anything from last year that is burdening us? Or holding us down. Would you like to turn round? And we're looking forward now and we're looking into 2022. And we're saying this. Lord, we want to trust you for our lives and all that we hold dear in 2022. Lord, would you walk with us like streams in the desert? Show us the way that you would have us walk. Show us the path you had laid out for us. And we want to say, Lord, that we want to see the new things you are doing in our lives. Lord, would you show us 
where you are calling us into new things, would you show us where you are blessing us with new things? And so, Lord, as we go into this new year, we look back and we thank God. We look forward and we trust God. We look around and we seek to serve God. We look up and we seek God. And may God bless us in this new year. Amen. You can sit down. (laughs) All right. There we go. (laughs) Tom trumps Liz. We're going to move into a worship song Uh, again. The children are going to come back in and then we're going to celebrate communion. So let's celebrate Jesus who came and died and rose again and loves us so much. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you, our Christ. What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven. great your love was greater but what could separate us now what a wonderful name it is what a wonderful name it is the name of jesus christ my king what a wonderful name it is nothing compares to this what a wonderful name it is the name Jesus, what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Death could not hold you, the veil tore before you, you silence the boast of sin and grave. Well, the heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory, for you are
Please do take your seats. <laughs> 